Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning, everyone. Hey, good morning, everybody. <laughs> what are you giggling about? Ryan, good morning. Scaring us today. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. We're uh, dealing with a little tactical difficulty, diff tactical difficulty on the audio. It's got and Wayne's audio as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, good morning. Today is January 18th. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. It's a balmy minus 30 out here in Edmonton. Yeah, I... I as we were sorting this out, I looked down at the weather network. I'm like, what the? F yeah. Why is it cold out? Just two days. Warms back up again. Well, it's not very good considering it was raining yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, That's not good. Yeah. The roads and sidewalks are just mayhem. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to having a drive today. Uh, yes, yes, yes. How was your day yesterday, sweetheart? I was I was a little busy, so I didn't really get a chance to really catch up with you. Yeah, um, my day was was pretty decent. I uh, spent it in my new office, my new old office. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, so on the weekend, I well, since we moved here in May, that place has just been a disaster. I got it set up right off the bat, but Everly was homeschooling <clears throat> at that time yeah. with us. So um, she was sharing the office with me. And then once I moved her desk out, when that was all over, um, I just never, never really got things together in there. It's been an absolute chaos. So instead of dealing with it, I've closed the door on it for several months. Um, I knew that would happen. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just too big of a task to take on. And we had too much going on last year. So I just ignored it. And I basically worked out of the living room for a long time. Dining room, kitchen table, wherever. Six or seven months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I whipped it into shape on the weekend, and I got it all set up and started decorating. And, uh, yeah, I spent the day in there yesterday, and um, it feels good. I've had this thing um, where I don't believe in dining rooms for, for a long time. <laughs> um, every time you move to a new place, I'm like, why are we putting a dining room here? Like, why don't we just use this as an office area? Because I know you're not going to go upstairs to your office to do it because you're just going to set up your computer at the dining room table and all the other paperwork and stuff. Everly's going to use it as some sort of a desk. You're just going to work off the couch. So why do we even bother making a dining room? Why can't we just be realistic here? That happens every single time. But I'm, I'm glad to see you, you know, you've ordered some stuff and you've kind of made your office your own again. Mm -hmm. Let's see if it lasts. <laughs> uh, we got a quick question here. Right, right out of the gate, Josh has got a question, which I love. Um, you know what? We'll hop right into it in just a second here. Um, this is good because this is this is where you're gonna get, where you're going to get your value is is from questions. Um from you guys, not just from us. I'm also pulling up, um, we got uh, a series of unanswered questions as well. Um, <laughs> what are you, why are you giggling so much today? The series of unanswered questions. Yeah, unsolved mysteries. Um, tons of unanswered questions, not tons, uh, just from different shows we've had over the last week. And I want to make sure those questions get answered. Just some of them we ran out of time, some of them we. They weren't really quite on topic, and I wanted to make sure that uh, we didn't go off topic too much. But upcoming events, um, you guys know we got our real estate investing cabinet tree coming up here in February. Well, we got actually our next one's here this weekend, um, but it's sold out. Um, it's a three-day cabinet retreat with five-ish ambitious, energetic investors get to spend the whole weekend with us, Gabby and I, where we spend the whole weekend um, building a roadmap. Uh, for your real estate investing business. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter how I angle it. I keep trying to find a better way to, to like to 
to, to say what it is, it never really sounds all that exciting because I, I feel like I need to I need to have some sort of a gimmick like your five step program to getting to become a millionaire in three years. So it's five steps, hey? Five step, your your <laughs> your you know your some formula, some five step program, some rapid way to getting to a billion dollars. It's but the truth is is that um, doesn't matter how much education you get and how much. Any bullshit courses you take, um, there's still so many people that never reach their goals. And there's a reason. It's because they don't have a proper plan. And so we figured out what it is that's preventing people from actually getting there. And uh, we spent a whole weekend, you know, solving it for you. Yeah, so, breaking it down. And there's no more than, I'd say, I say five ish because we don't want more than five people because uh, any more than that, and we don't get to spend as much time with you individually. Yeah. Right. Yeah can't do a one-on-one weekend it's not it's not realistic (laughs) it'd be extremely expensive um so we got to make it as the smallest group possible i kind of like the smallest group possible and also as affordable as possible right yeah um so everybody gets enough time but i like the group setting as well because um there is a lot of value in spending time individually one-on-one with someone for a whole weekend just non-stop creative brainstorming and going deep and, and, and planning. But at the same time, there's a lot of value in having a, gr- a small group of people, the, the whole mastermind function. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, and like these people become your people, like 100%. Well, you don't just leave, you know, with your roadmap. You also leave with a small community of, of, yeah. of support, of yeah. supporting individuals. Yeah. Um, like-minded individuals who support everything because they know everything all about you. You know what I mean? They spent the whole weekend doing their plan as well. And they help you figure it out. And sometimes they'll start seeing people like, you know, halfway through or, you know, towards the end, they're like, wait a second, if I do it this way and you do it this way, I can do this. I can buy this from you and I can do this with you yeah. and you can do that. And I can funnel people over to you and we'll Working both reach together. our goals faster. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 it's such a really cool concept. I, I love the cabin retreats. Um, so yeah, we got that coming up here and this weekend is our next one. And then we have another one available, uh, February 20th, 5th through 27th. Um, don't sign up if you're not ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't don't be the one person in the back of the room with this cabin that's ruining the whole thing for everybody else. This is for serious investors. Yep. Ready to deep dive. Yeah. Um, I have lots of people that have asked about, reached out in the just in the last couple of months, um, and a lot recently, actually, just in the past week, about, you know, mentorship and coaching and the cabin retreat and stuff like that. This is what I tell everybody. If you're serious... Get your ass out of bed at 6 a.m. and join the live show mm-hmm. and ask all your questions. Get to a point where you've asked all of your questions and you're still not getting anywhere. <laughs> and then come to the cabin retreat. And then after the cabin retreat, I will consider mentoring you. But mm-hmm. I don't mentor anyone one-on-one unless I've spent the whole weekend with them at a cabin retreat. Yeah. Because I have to know them inside and out and I have to know that they have a plan so that I can hold them accountable to that. Um. And I don't recommend anyone go to the cabin retreat until you're ready. I don't want you showing up to the cabin retreat asking questions. It's not about questions. Like questions, you can get your questions answered here. You can text me at 587-400-0721. It's there in the show notes there. Text me your questions that are holding you back. Um, Your basic questions. Don't text me like, you know, how do I do rent to own? Because I won't answer. (laughs) Let's go take a course. Um, But... For your questions, you know, I, I, I tell everyone who reaches out, join in live, listen for a month, okay, get all your questions answered. It's literal free coaching every morning, and then consider going to the cabinetry. And then if you still need ass kicking and hand holding and guidance, then we can look at mentorship. That's it. Bada bing, bada boom. That's it. Super simple. Anyways, um, someone actually reached out to me yesterday as well about your, um, women's real estate investing mastermind yes she was interested in that um so there is another group that's being started up here pretty soon uh if you guys are interested in that as well um ladies uh reach out to gabby um i need to figure it out and give it a date um because yeah there's just a bit of uncertainty around it so i need to i'll get serious about that soon well you're obviously (laughs) not going to like push a date and then like pressure like and like feel pressure to finish fill that last group or that last spot but yeah but it's not fair with when there are people um you know doing calls with me and coming in and i'm just like yeah if we get enough people we will soon has to be the right people 
Um, so real fast, who, who is, who's the right fit for that group? Who's the type of person? I know there's like, there's maybe five different types of people, but. Uh, women. Ah, dang it. Um, interested in, or are already well on their way in real estate investing. Um, some base knowledge, base education is great. Um, because this isn't masterminds aren't about, um, educating, it's about, um, action taking. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really it. If you want to get serious about real estate investing, you're a woman and, um, you want a, a community of support and encouragement and cheerleaders and people to help you figure shit out and move you forward, then I'm uh, it. I can help you. Um, I think there's a, something that that's an underlying thing that we haven't really said today, and I haven't really said much. Is that um, I we don't I don't like teaching real estate investing that much at all. Um, my goal is to give everything that you need away for free on the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's why it's daily. That's why we have a call in function. That's why you can type in your questions. We literally want to give you all of the answers for real estate investing for free. Um through the podcast. Like I, I, I don't see any reason for us to do any, I, I don't like teaching. What I like is I like inspiring and I like, um, helping people take action. Ass kicking. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kicking um, their ass to take action. <laughs> I, it's, it's yeah. It, it, and you know, same thing with Gabby, you know, she's saying that, you know, it, you have to have some sort of a base knowledge because it's, it's all about, um, getting you from one step to the next step. Right. Um, and so, yeah, any, any questions in regards to real estate investing, get your questions answered for free here. And then once you're ready to take it to the next level, you want to leave your job, you want to replace your income, you want to get 10 more properties, but you're stuck. That's, that's when you go and you start, you know, asking us for additional stuff, but, mm -hmm. um, not going to charge you for any of this stuff every day we do. Um, yeah. Anywho, uh, that's what we got coming up. Um, what was Josh had a question. Yeah. Josh had an additional comment here too. Um, oh, it was something to do with the cabinetry. Um, something about intimacy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm having trouble finding it. Oh, people getting the wrong idea. <laughs> uh, Yes, so bring in your questions today. Uh, I'm going to answer Josh's question. Uh, I got a few other things that we got going on in our business. I have a, a bunch of questions to catch up on from previous um, episodes. So you know, today's a day to get your questions answered. Um, whether they're on topic or off topic, we'll uh, we'll handle them all. Uh, and and one last thing, I just forgot. We have a ton of new listeners um, joining in today and, and yesterday. Nice. So just welcome. wanted to welcome everybody um, to the show. Uh, the top fan of the month, I should cover that as well. I should get into that. Um, so if you're joining in live on the Podbean app, um, taking advantage of getting these questions answered and, and you're getting your ass of it at 6am. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, there is on this platform, um, how would you describe it? Uh, there's, there's a point system, uh, for, uh, for those that engage. And those that engage, measured in hearts, measured in hearts. And when you like, and when you uh, share on social media, the show uh, from the, from the app, and when you call in, you get an accumulation of hearts and uh, throughout the week, the day and the month um, that will determine who the top fan is. Um, so what we do at the end of the month is we find out who the top fan was for the month. And for the last two months, we've been giving away one free month of mentorship. Um, so, uh, two months ago, uh, Ryan Letniak won it last month. It was Robbie. Um, so if you're interested in that and you're interested in getting a free month, uh, maybe a little taster of what one-on-one -on -one mentorship is like, mm -hmm. um, definitely join in live every day, click the heart button every um, 300 seconds, every 300 <laughs> seconds. Uh, we literally have people literally every day, every 300 seconds, clicking the heart and they're sharing it to all the different social media platforms. Just, you know, they're, they're, yeah. Um, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, we, we thank you so much for the support. And, um, if that's something you're interested in, uh, get on that as well. Um, so yeah. that covers that Josh's question. Can you read it so I can save my throat today? You betcha. Josh, uh, Josh says, <laughs> good morning. I have a question today 
um, to explain quickly a bit on condo documents and where to find them. Hmm. Um, normally the seller will provide them. However, if you have the property under contract, if you have the property, well, it's, it's, it's a requirement for the seller. Yes. Are you, them. I know, but Josh, are you talking about when you get a property under contract? Are you talking about you're interested in a property and you want to see the condo docs? Okay. Well, okay. so on a normal purchase, if you're, if you're putting an offer in on a property it, and it's, uh, you know, he's interested, he said, okay. Um, if you, the other way to do it is to, can you explain how do we get contract? Yeah. So if you don't have the property under contract and the seller isn't automatically providing them to you and you're just kind of poking around looking at, um, maybe you want to check into a complex and see if it's a good one to be or whatever. Um, what you do is you find out who the condo corp is that's managing the, um, the, the place and you, which can be hard. Usually a Google search, it'll pop up, but some of them you need to do some digging in. Yeah. Um, but once you find out who's managing it, you just contact them and you ask them for the documents. And so, no, they are not free. Yes, they're kind of expensive for them to send you documents that they just have in a PDF in their file system. Oh, yeah, it's a money grab. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a money grab. It's a way that they make money. Um, yeah, so usually if you like there, and there's a whole bunch of different things you can pull as well. You can pull um, bylaws, meeting minutes, estoppel certificates, um, and then the actual um, condo documents themselves. Yeah. So... And Usually, I think that they, they charge separately. So you know, yeah, yeah, each document is its own price. And yeah. it usually totals up to two to three to four hundred dollars, depending on on how much you're getting. Yeah. And if you want it rushed or not. So usually it takes about seven to 10 days um, is what we've seen on average. But if you want to rush in a couple days, they'll charge you an extra hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, for something that they have in their, you know, their cloud, a saved yeah. on their cloud, uh, you know, filing system. Yeah. So, yes, Josh, you also well, asked, means, is it free if it's under contract? And yes, it the is the seller's responsibility provide. to provide them to you if you have the property under contract. So if they don't have a copy that they can just pass off, then they need to um, either hunt them down through the, the company or... Um, purchase them or whatever they need to do. Yeah, the seller has to has to purchase new ones because the new ones will have the most up-to-date meeting minutes, yeah. uh, which includes the yearly uh, annual meeting minutes as well as um, the most the last month meeting minutes. Yeah, and a recent estoppel certificate. And that's the other thing yeah. is the estoppel certificate needs to be updated to that date saying yeah. that as of January... 18, 2022, all condo fees are up to date and there are no, you know, levies against the property or anything along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get it. If, if they were free, like oh, yeah. they would just, that would be somebody's full-time job or a couple would, people's full-time I would job. Be, I'd be calling people up asking for yeah. condo docs all day, all night. Just, you know, every, every, yeah. Complex. Every wholesaler <laughs> would, would be doing it. Oh, it'd be, it'd be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But to but definitely worth it. Like if you yeah, if you have a lead on something that um, you know, and you just need to quickly see the condo docs and maybe you can get it off market or whatever, just like sneak in there and grab a, a property in a good complex, pay pay to pay to get them, do your due diligence and you know, if it turns out that it's not a great complex, then whatever. It's, you've spent a couple, a couple hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a property inspection like you know, sometimes you have to walk away from the property, but it's always worth looking at the inspection or looking at the condo docs. Part of business. Mm. Okay. Um, scrolling through the comments and the questions here. Just uh, bear with me. Yeah. Josh says he's got his eyes on something, so that's why he's asking. Yeah. Um, Eileen has a question on uh, capital gains on agreement for sales. Um, okay, so I have other questions uh, in, in the old uh, question. About bank. AFS? About AFS. I just want to go back to. AFS is agreement for sale, for those of you who don't know the term. Yes. It is a creative um, financing strategy. Uh, Varen uh, 
if you're on one of these days, I have to actually confirm the uh, pronunciation. Of the I was name. just about to say, I always assumed it was Varun. And I always want to roll the R because I think I should roll the R and I then I don't roll the R because I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm such a tryhard um, rolling this R. <laughs> so I'm going to say Varun very basically. And and, and one of these days, I, I've, I've been on a call with him and I, I believe I've asked him to verify. Uh, but I'm going to say Varun for now. So if, if you're offended, please know that it's not intentional. Um, he had asked last week, um, you should have a podcast where you talk about agreement for sales strategies and stories. I'm thinking to add Airbnb to it. Ha! Years ago, I had a discussion with another Airbnb um, expert in Edmonton. And I said, you should definitely. There's so many opportunities for agreement for sales that I passed up that would work. Yeah. Airbnb. Yeah, that solves a cash flow problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Air, uh, AF agreement for sales. There's always been an issue with um, with cash flow because most of the properties and or most of these sellers that you're approaching for this strategy, um, the zero money down, low money down uh, strategy. Um, they're normally homeowners who put five percent down. So just the they're not intentional investment properties. Yeah, these 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 they they profit the same, but they just um, they're not set up financially with the right mortgage, with the right financing and terms in order for it to cash flow. That's an investment property. It's set up as a home. It's 5% down. It's 25-year mortgage. It's not 30. So um, so we've always been trying to find a solution for that. And my solution whenever whenever I was doing a grimper sales was to pair it with a rent-to-own so, because the additional cash flow from the rent-to-own would offset the negative cash flow in the agreement for sale so that uh, it solves that problem. Here's my rule on agreement for sales and rent owns. I don't teach it. Now, if you want to learn, um, you can take a course through Barry and Donna McGuire. They teach it. And I just happen to be there teaching it with them. Mm -hmm. uh, if you join in their Facebook group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, every Monday they do a Facebook Live. And you'll notice I'm there teaching it but I don't teach it outside of it for two reasons. One, out of mad respect for Barry and everything that he's done for us. And Donna. And Donna. Um, I hit a wall in my investment career and I took one of their courses and it changed my fucking life. Changed um, the, yeah, the direct path. I, yeah. yeah. That moment is our, is our moment. Yeah. It was extremely pivotal. Yeah. Um, I've, told you before in the past I, I always look back and I always think of those pivotal moments and that was one of the most that was one of the biggest pivotal moments for me yeah is making that decision so I highly recommend their courses if you're at that point it and some people it'll work and some people it won't work everyone's going to have their own moments in their life yeah. um, some people take that course and they do fuck all with Nothing. it because yeah. it's too hard yeah for me it was exactly what I needed yeah exactly what I needed. I built the rest of my portfolio off of those strategies. Love it. Absolutely love it. I don't teach it because uh, out of respect to Barry and Donna, because that's theirs. They've, yeah. you know what I mean? That's their strategy. And, and to be honest, I don't like teaching too much. Now, do I have additional expertise that I've developed in the trenches from using those strategies? 100%. Yeah. Like, I don't think that anyone has gone as far as I have with these strategies. And I can say that confidently and not cocky. I trust me, I know these things inside and out and I use them on a daily basis. Um, but I have to make sure that I'm not being disrespectful. Now, here's the other thing. These are extremely advanced strategies. And this is the second reason why I don't like talking about it too, too much is because people will ask me questions like Eileen and no offense. Um, or where's the other question here? Um, yeah, Eileen's question is, can we talk about capital gains? How it can help a seller who has big capital gain in the property when you do AFS? Um, if I start answering questions, advanced questions about how it helps the seller with capital gains, um, which I can't answer, people are like, oh, wow, that's amazing. And then they want to go do agreement for sales, which is great. So long as they go take the course, mm -hmm. we're talking about a very advanced strategy and uh, people, I get people all the time asking me questions through, um, DMS, <clears throat> through emails. 
And the first question I ask is, have you taken a course? No, I'm not interested in that. Just tell me how to do it real fast. I only need this question. I know somebody else has done it or my realtor knows how to do it. And I won't answer them because if I answer that question, they're going to go and do it. And they're going to get themselves into a lot of trouble because this is not a simple thing that you can just decide to do. Right. I love and, you know, take an initiative, but, um, when, when it's an advanced strategy like that and there's advanced contracts and there's obligations and stuff like that, um, it's, it's, there's way too times, much that can go wrong. It's 10 times more dangerous than rent down. Yeah. And it's not just the investor that I'm worried about. It's the family or the seller that the investor is approaching. That's yeah. going to be affected by it. Yeah. Um, and there's too many people out there who think that you can just write these things up on a napkin or you can just call up a lawyer and have them write up some half-assed contract. Um, and there's uh, just in our own network, in our own community here in Edmonton and area, Alberta, there's been so many bullshit seller financing sleazy. deals going around right now. Yeah. Super sleazy stuff, really sleazy investors, a lot of investors as well who don't know what they're doing, putting stuff together, yeah. realtors putting stuff together. And investors are getting affected. Homeowners are getting affected. So that's my long-winded way of saying I don't like talking about it too much. I'm going to answer Eileen's question today. But Eileen, um, Eileen is um, yeah, actually- Yeah, Eileen's being, taken various courses. She's taken various courses. Yeah. She's also being coached by me. So she yeah. could totally ask me this question over text. And I would <laughs> answer it. Um, but I'm going to answer it for everybody else. Please know that that um, when you ask questions about agreement for sales, um, I'm, I will take a step back and think about it before answering and I will give much more basic answers. And 100% join the Facebook group, Barry's Creative and Real Estate Investing Facebook group, because literally that like, there's so many people in there who have, who have taken the courses as well. Like Donna is in there like moderating and making sure that the correct information is being given and all that kind of stuff. Ask any question you want in there. And then you get access to the to the lives every Monday, which is always on a really great topic. Mm-hmm. And they answer so many questions. You can get in there just like you are here live asking your questions. They'll answer them on the spot. Yeah. So yeah, use use that resource. It's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. They they put out so much great free content. Yeah. Not enough to go and do it on your own. You have to take the course. Yeah, take I, the it's, course. I'm just yeah. and so here's the thing. I'm not telling people to take courses just to take courses. I hate that. No hate that. I think you should only take one course. Yeah. I think you should get all your basic knowledge about real estate investing. I think you should try and determine what you want in life, what kind of passive income vehicles you need and how you, and then how much money it's going to cost to buy those passive income vehicles. This is like, I'm breaking down the cabin retreat in 30 seconds for you. Okay. And then you determine, okay, I need $2 million to buy the passive income vehicles to give me the cash flow that gives me the life that I want. How are you going to get $2 million? You've got $20,000 today. So that's when we determine like based on that and how long you want to get there, how are you going to turn $20,000 into $2 million in 10 years? Okay. This is what we do at the cabinetry. We, we answer that question, which is a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> a lot of fun. Cause I love seeing people's eyes just like widen. Um, agreement for sale might be the strategy for you to get that, to solve that problem, but it's not for everybody. The, the one, um, the mom who has three kids, I'm not going to recommend that she goes and takes an agreement for sale course and starts an agreement for sale business and does wholesaling. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stupid because you've got kids, you've got a family, you've got a job. That is not a realistic approach to turn $20,000 into $2 million in 10 years. Your family's going to crumble. Mm-hmm. Your relationship's going to crumble. Your job's going to crumble. So the mom with three kids who has a job, I'm not going to recommend that she do something like that. So don't take an agreement for sale course. Don't take a wholesaling course. Yeah. What you should be doing is raising joint venture capital. The 20 year old who still lives with mom, who can live with mom for another four to five years because mom's super cool and chill and she doesn't charge rent. That's the person who can go hard with agreement for sales and wholesaling. Yeah. So go take an agreement for sale course and a wholesaling course. Those are the only two courses you should take. You know what I mean? I like only recommend yeah. taking the courses that you need in order to solve the problem to get you to your goal. Don't take a million different courses and a million different webinars and $75 courses and free webinars on Saturday and stuff like that's a huge waste of time, huge waste of money. Be intentional. Okay. So again, I just gave you like 
the it's, cabin retreat for yeah. free. Now, of course, you're missing three days worth of um, some some eye opening uh, experience, but <laughs> um, but that's that's why I say um, don't just you know hear me say oh wow Wayne took an agreement for sale course and it changed his life I'm gonna need to do it too no don't don't do that don't do that only if it serves. Yeah you know, if it solves the problem that you have. And it's funny, Wayne, because for how different we are and the, how different of an approach we take um, in, in life and in business and stuff, like we're two very different people. Mm-hmm. That's like what you just said is something that like anybody in here that's like it, listening in from like my mastermind groups and stuff, that it'll be like what you just said is like an echo of what I've been trying to like say over and over again, mm-hmm. because that's it. People get so distracted by all these different methods and they want to do it all. And they think that every, every one of them is going to fix the, a problem that they have. Because they heard but they some need cool to, podcast that somebody did yeah. it and they changed their life. Like, but they oh, need to focus work. on focus, 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 focus on the strategy that's for them and their lifestyle and what they want. Mm-hmm. And if they can stay focused, they'll be far more successful in that one method than they will be trying to combine them all and do them all. And, you know, like early on, we talked about having all these tools in our toolbox, but we had the tools in our toolbox. We learned about all these different methods. And then we decided this is the one that's going to propel us forward. And we went hard on it until we decided we have enough of this or we've done that. Now we need to pivot and do something else for our goals. Mm -hmm. And then we pivoted and we did that and we went hard on it until the the natural end of that and where our resources changed again mm-hmm. and then we went all in on the next step of our of our path yeah. so stay focused until your resources and situation changes that's the only time you should pivot yeah <laughs> otherwise pick what's going to get you to your next step or to your long-term goal oh, fuck i feel like we should stay on this topic because gabby just nailed something that's really important there is that like you know, we stuck with one strategy and then we switched to the next strategy because our resources changed. So when we had no joint venture capital, no joint venture prospects, when we had no uh, money of our own left and when we were stuck, I decided to do agreement for sales. We did agreement for sales. And what that did for us is it got us more properties, which we were able to leverage to get more joint venture partners because it, it solved that experience problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also brought joint venture partners in on those agreement for sale deals, which we got for zero money down. They came in and you know gave us capital. So we were able to get some of our equity out, use that capital. Then we got into secondary suite conversions. So I put agreement for sales on the side and less an opportunity fell on my lap. I yeah. put that strategy aside. Now I'm all in on secondary suite conversions because I have capital. Hold on. He, and Wayne just said something very important. <clears throat> um, he said he put agreement for sale aside unless something fell on my lap. He put it aside. He did. He stopped actively searching. Yeah. He did not spend any amount of time putting, looking for agreement for sales unless they fell on his lap. Then, of course, seize the opportunity. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and keep an eye on the comments here if there's any comments that are specific to this. I'm trying to get through this real fast so that I'm, I'm, I'm make sure that I answer Eileen's question. We will. Eileen will um, answer your question yeah, before the 100%. end of the show. <laughs> um, and then obviously, so once we got through the secondary suites, um, then after that, what did we get into after that? Oh, we went back to joint ventures. So again, yeah. we we built up our brand at the exact same time. So during these renovations, renovations are a great way to build up your brand on social media. Mm-hmm. So um, by doing that, we got a lot more joint venture capital and private money coming in where, you know, private investors where they wanted to just invest capital into, you know, and get a, a solid 10% return. As well, uh, joint ventures, you know, wanted to get involved in burrs. They wanted to get involved in, you know, just turnkey properties as well. So throughout the whole thing, the, the big issue at the beginning, why we got into Green for Sales was because we had no prospects for joint ventures. Um, by doing Green for Sales, we attracted more. And then by doing secondary suites, we attracted more. So we got back to what was the easiest and the best way to scale, which is bringing in joint venture capital, mm-hmm. allowing them to bring in the money and get our money out. Stop using our own money, right? Yeah. Um, to date, I believe we've only used $15,000 of our own money, our own cash. Everything else was other people's money, credit cards, line of credit, joint venture capital, private money. We've only used $15,000 wow. of our own. Of That's our own a, I, I didn't realize that. That's a really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to get away from us using our own money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that by getting in the joint venture capital and by bringing in you know, the, the six, seven, eight, you know, joint venture partners at that time. Um, those were enough joint venture partners because we just kept reusing the same joint venture partners. Yeah. 
you know, they kept they kept paying down their mortgage and they had a readvanceable mortgage. So every year they had a bunch of a chunk of money. Um, we had one partner that always just put all of his extra money, you know, towards his his uh, line of credit on his readvanceable mortgage. So that when we had something. Yeah. And then every year I go check in with them. We do our, you know, our yearly meetup. And then I'm like, hey, man, so what are we investing in next? He's like, I don't know. Let me check my bank account. And he goes and checks. And he goes, well, I got $80,000. What can we do? Yeah. And that was legit. Every year we did that. Yeah. And so, you know, well, and half the time he would ask you, so what are we doing next? (laughs) Yeah, because he's like, I got all this money and, you know, I can write off the, um, you know, the interest. It's tax deductible. So, um, you know, just getting, you only need a handful of uh, joint venture partners and you just reuse them over and over and over again. So, um, and when, once you build up those resources and now you have people who want to invest with you and give you money and all that kind of stuff, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, the opportunity changes. So it's like, okay, so now we're at a point where we don't have a money problem. Yeah. So what Solve can we problem. do to scale like bigger and faster? Yes. We don't need to, to, to go searching for agreement for sales that don't cash flow. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as your resources change, you can change, you know, what you're doing so long as. Take a detour on the roadmap. Yeah. So long as it's still taking you straight towards what you said your goal was, still focusing on that goal. Yep. What's going to get you there fastest? We eventually reached a point where, you know, I've told you before, we do all of our own property management. We have an assistant, but we decided that we don't want to take any more properties on. Um, we had a realization that adding twice as many properties would not change our our outcomes, would not change our life, mm-hmm. our lifestyle by, by enough um, for what extra stress and work it was creating. So we're trying to find that that nice, happy medium of like, yeah, we could double it up, but we're going to be so much more busy and it's going to start affecting our day to day. So we found the right amount of properties for us. We stopped and then we got into our rent to own business. And that's all we're doing on right now is I have that rent to own business. That's my sole focus right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, between that and coaching individuals, um, Gabby's masterminds and our own portfolio and then another business. That's perfect. We're right at the right spot right now for where we are until maybe one day we, we start another business. But for right now, we know exactly what we're doing. We're staying right on track. Yeah. And we only took the courses that we needed mm-hmm. in, order to, in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never looked at multifamily. No. Everyone's like, oh, why aren't you doing multifamily? Mm-hmm. Like, what, am I going to take some course and then change everything that I'm doing? No. You got to stay focused. Focus. Yeah. Focused. Like that wasn't going to solve my problem early on. So I never took a multifamily course. I, I know generally I've done some research into it on my own, just, you know, scrolling through my phone and free stuff just when I'm, I'm sitting around drinking coffee, not a big deal. But um, no, I've never wasted any more time than that on multifamily because it doesn't reach me, doesn't get me to my goals for me, for mm-hmm. me, for other people it might. So yeah. Um, is there any comments related to any of this before I move on? Uh, well, Ravi just said, thanks for sharing. I was curious how you both scale to where you are now. Yeah. yeah. That's and, a very simple way of, of putting it. Yeah. Um, but may I also say that the only way um, that we were able to really kind of like follow that path is by utilizing social media. <laughs> another day we'll talk about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, if, yeah, if you scroll back, we were early adopters. I think we were using social media to grow our business before social media, like before any investors hopped on the social media bandwagon, like Wayne, I remember Wayne sitting me down and being like, I think we can really utilize this to like show people, you know, like, uh, business pages were like, just kind of like becoming a thing that people would check. Like, you know, when you hear about a business, the first thing you would do is Google their website and go to their website and check them out. And then that like, just started switching over to like, oh, well, look at up the business on social media. Yeah. Like that was early. And so you had, you were kind of curious about that. And I wonder like, can we get people to like our business page and like, well, our friends and family, and then how do we grow that? And so like we started a with thousand, a business page. If yeah. a thousand people like my Facebook business page for Prairie Home Investments. Which we never got to. <laughs> yeah, did. Oh, did we? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh yeah. I remember. I remember. Um, <laughs> then if a thousand people like our page, then that's going to show our friends and family that we're the real deal. We're legit. Yeah. <laughs> my limited thinking at that time. Yeah. But Um, but we went hard and we used it when nobody else was using it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it, it was a business changer for sure. It did exactly what Wayne intended. It showed people, we posted every single day. We created 
however many pieces of content to just like uh, cycle through. And then anytime we were out doing anything, we just documented it. Renovations, going to the lawyer, writing up a contract, office day, like whatever it was, we documented. We branded ourselves as real estate investing experts. We were already, but we had to, we had to put it out. We had to actually brand ourselves as those experts in order mm -hmm. for people to actually see it. Otherwise, when you go see your aunt Ruth at Christmas and she's like, well, what have you been up to? Yeah. Well, aunt Ruth, I just bought three properties this year. You did what? Yeah. No, aunt Ruth should be following you on Facebook. Yeah. She should aunt be Ruth saying, Hey, so shit. I saw that you uh, bought another couple properties. That's, That's really cool. Yeah. So how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's the conversation that you want. It's a huge yeah. difference. Okay. We don't need to get into yeah. that shit. So we do have uh, questions coming Let's in. Go through them. Do you want to start with the AFS uh, question? Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about capital gains, how it can help a seller? It's, it's a really simple answer. It's like, it's the, the, yeah. the, the <laughs> I know you, st you made it such a big deal. <laughs> uh, I just, once you, once you go down that rabbit hole, I know. um, how can it help a seller who has big capital gains in a property when you do seller? So, uh, it depends. Um, if this is a homeowner and it's their primary residence, um, capital gains, there is no capital gains on a primary residence. So you're not, there's no benefit whatsoever. Um, if this has been used as an investment property and not a primary residence, then yes, what you can do is, uh, what your seller can do is they can talk to their accountants and they can defer the capital gains over the duration of the agreement for sale term mm -hmm. or delay to the end. Yeah. So if they have $90,000 worth of capital gains, and they're like, if I sell today, I'm going to get hit with capital gains of $90,000 um, or 50% of capital gains. Uh, 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 so $45,000 on this year, that sucks. I don't want to get hit with that because I already made $140,000 this year. And if an agreement for sale for three years, can uh, you can defer it $30,000 a year or you can... Uh, delay it to the, the to the maturity of the agreement for sale at the end of the third year, so that they get hit with those uh, capital gains or the the percentage of the capital gains at the end of the term. Yeah. So, your seller needs to talk to their accountant on what is the best tax deferral delay strategy for them. And it's important, that, um, like if if you're you know talking with an investor who maybe isn't as familiar with agreement for sale, it's important to tell them to make sure that they're accountant understands these types of strategies because they might be like what like i have no clue what you're talking about and you know like don't go to h and r block and try to defer your taxes on oh, an you agreement for sale student at H &R block <laughs> yeah understand it? um so it's, it's important seasonally? yeah and maybe and and maybe that's a good point that like maybe you should have a recommended accountant for them to go see somebody who you know understands it because maybe they're dealing with your own portfolio uh yeah in my experience, um, using that selling feature or pitch for why an agreement for sale is a good idea just overcomplicates it. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes it's, it's great because somebody might have a large a problem to be solved. Yeah. Then yes. Yeah. But I've seen, I've, I've heard of, and I've seen people dealing with um, sellers who have large portfolios that are at a point where um, they want to start offloading them and that getting out. That is a out. problem that can be solved. Yeah, yeah, and that's a problem that can be solved. So in that case, that's a beautiful solution for them Yeah. Um, to go through. But if you're walking up to some for yeah. sale by owner <laughs> sign. and Or a for rent door, sign. Or a bad for rent sign. sign. Saying, hey, I know you've got this investment property and you said you had it for 15 years. Well, what I can do for you is I can offer you the seller financing strategy called an agreement for sale and you can actually defer your capital gains over a period of time. Yeah, no, don't Fuck. go there. <laughs> I say that because trust me, I did years and years and years of approaching sellers and I'm really fucking good at it. And there's a reason why I decided I developed my own individual strategy because it works. I was yeah. really, really good at it explaining to sellers uh, how this can benefit them and only focusing on sellers who it can actually benefit and not trying to convince people. It's okay. a very complicated story, uh, 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 strategy, but boy, do I love it. 
Yeah. Why do I love it? For anyone who is like serious about doing it and you're not a, mo- a middle-aged mom who has a job with three kids, I would love to share my strategies with you. Oh, fuck. I love it. I got a few mentees that are that are using them and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's exciting to see people actually um, using them because I don't anymore. Okay. Al asks. Hey, Al. Can, hi, Al. <laughs> can the... <laughs> What, am I not allowed to say hi to Al? <laughs> okay. Al asks, can the Smith Maneuver be used on your investment property mortgages? Yes. Complicated Moving strategy. on. Very complicated <laughs> strategy. Everybody and their dog is doing a Smith Maneuver uh, webinar these days with Robinson Smith. Um, I have... Wayne would like to point out that he was the first. I am not pointing out anything. <laughs> the evidence is there. I ordered the first copy of his new book. For real. Pre-ordered it. Yeah. And I was the first one to have him on my yeah. podcast. And then everybody else wants Robinson Smith. He's all fancy now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, all facts. All facts. But uh, you brought it up. Um, <laughs> you can uh, look up uh, Robinson Smith uh, you know, in this podcast. And you can find the podcast on it. Um, and they go into good detail, uh, or go into YouTube, type in Barry McGuire and then Robinson Smith. Um, Barry McGuire did, uh, I believe one or two sessions with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, get those answer if you have additional questions, but I mean, the answer is yes. Um, <clears throat> how to, you know, you need a, a quote unquote Smith certified, um, representative. Um, someone who has been trained in the Smith Maneuver, whether they are an accountant or a mortgage broker or any other um, power team member. Um, and they will explain to you when and why and how to yeah. use the Smith Maneuver um, on an investment property. Yeah. And there's also some, like a lot of the bigger banks are also coming out with their own similar type of um, product. So you can always um, look into those as well. It doesn't have to be the this actual Smith Maneuver, Smith Certified. There's different ways for utilizing the um, equity in your property. Yeah. Uh, talk to uh, Alana Carletti as well. She did a webinar as well last yeah. year with Robinson Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of information out there. Um, okay. Right, so I kept that one simple for you guys because I can Oh, yeah. Up. And then right below here, uh, Ryan also... Um, commented on it towards Al just with some more information. Uh, do you want me to read it? Uh, or shall we move on from the topic? Whose question was the Smith maneuver? Al. Al. Okay. Got it. Hi, Al. Hey, Al. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Eileen asks, how easy is it to rent a basement suite in rent out a basement suite in Edmonton? Very easy. I concur. They are in demand. <laughs> um, Who asked? Eileen. And Eileen, there's kind of like a hierarchy of um, types of suites that are easy. A single family house is always going to be like super easy because um, there's tons of families who would prefer not to have people above, below, around, side by side. Families don't uproot families. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) From what? Sure. It wasn't supposed to sound cool. So (laughs) Um, Families don't typically move every year. Um, in single family homes because the kids are in school and, and, um, I love single family homes for like as a tenant profile because, um, they just two income family who stays there, kids are in school and you know, the only time they're ever going to leave is when they accumulate enough money for a down payment. Yeah. Right. Otherwise they're at the top of the, the, the affordability um, or like the, the top of the food chain as far as uh, rental properties go, because yeah. the bottom is one bedroom or uh, bachelor apartments, and then it goes to two bedroom apartments, uh, and then it goes to basement suites. We're talking about affordability here. If someone had zero money or a little bit of money, this is how it would go: basement suites, and then it goes to townhouses. But townhouses has a you know a bit of a, 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 a lower income community, typically, and 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 just generally speaking. Um, in townhouses. And so some people don't like neighbors on both sides of them and they don't like the community and they don't like 
the fact that everybody's in and around and and so that what they want is okay well i want to have my own yard so they go to a main floor suite um, because they can't quite afford a single family home on their own yet so main floor suites around 13 1400 bucks just the same as a townhouse but then they realize they got people downstairs and they're loud and they play video games all night um, so then lastly if they can afford the 1700 bucks or 1800 bucks a month they go to single family homes they rent those out um, basement suites in the middle there i mean like is it is is it easier rent? Yeah, there's always going to pe- have be people who only have a thousand dollars a month. Mm. There's always going to be people who are saving up for their down payments. They're like, okay, well, I'm going to go into, I'm going to downsize into a basement suite so I can save up. Mm-hmm. Or it's an eighteen dollar an hour kid who works at Taco Bell who just cannot afford anything more. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a, there's always going to need to be a demand. Yeah. Uh, in that price range. So yeah, absolutely, you can always fill a basement suite. Yeah. Always, you can always fill a townhouse. Uh, it's a little harder to fill single family houses because that's a higher affordability. I think there's more lower income families who make less than $50,000 a year who can only afford main floor basement townhouse apartments than there are families who make over $100,000 a year who can afford a seventeen dollars or an $1,800 single family house. But there's a demand for all of it. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't even necessarily say that the demand is higher or lower for the different type of suites. I think that like, my God, when I post a single family home for rent, like I can fill those things so fast. I feel like there's tons of interest. And then also like you have the higher, the, you know, the family, the two incomes, all that kind of stuff. It becomes so much easier to find a good quality tenant uh, when you're working in that type of property. Yeah. Um, yeah so i i find we're talking about the ease of filling ease of filling and the demand for those there's demands for all yeah absolutely less demand for uh bachelor apartments i was gonna say that's the only thing i would add is um not all basement suites are created equally uh one bedroom or a bachelor basement is going to be significantly harder to fill than a two or three bedroom basement yeah so always try to have a minimum of two bedrooms if you're going to have if you're going to build or purchase a basement suite as part of a property or if if you know you found a great property and it is only a one bedroom just know that it will be a little bit more difficult um i'll go a little bit deeper into that and that's just because if it's a if it's a if it's a couple or a single person totally no problem but if it's a couple or single person with a kid, you just ruled out that that whole, mm-hmm. you know, now you can't have any small families um, who are just need a basement suite for a period of time until they can save up money. Yeah. Okay. So the second bedroom will solve that problem. It will increase your tenant uh, prospect pool. Yeah. And we are getting close to the seven o'clock mark and we have one question left. So this is awesome, guys. Thanks for asking oh, all these re- questions okay. today. Yes, it's been absolutely. Great. Um, so Josh has a follow-up question on his um, condo docs question from the top of the show. So he says, you mentioned in other podcasts about condo fees and capping out at a number. $440 per month is higher than I recall you suggesting. Why is it best to keep it low? For better cash flow if they're renting? What if higher number meant they did not, they meant they did and covered more? One quick thing. This is a long question, so I, I, I didn't grasp all of them. I'm just reading it myself here. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, one thing I was going to say, just because you said, um, what if a higher number meant they did and covered more? Um, typically, you'll only find that condo fees cover more in a, a condo apartment building, yeah, where, where sometimes water, they'll include heat, heat and water and those types of things. In townhouses, there's not usually more to cover. <laughs> They're responsible for exterior, exterior and yeah, exterior maintenance. So the landscaping, the parking lots, the snow removal, the um, roof, and then all the exter- defenses and mm-hmm. all those types of things. Um, but there's typically not more that they can put in there to cover. An increase in condo fees is either to cover an increase in their uh, condo insurance if insurance rates went up or if they need to increase the condo fees in order to allocate enough funds for future repairs. Yeah. Now, um, you mentioned other podcasts about condo fees and capping out at a number. $440 is higher than I recall you suggesting. I, why is it best to keep it low? Okay, so it depends on your strategy. Are you doing a flip? Are you keeping it yourself? Are you doing a burr? And then I'll have different answers for that. I'll give you the quick answers for all three. Uh, if you're doing a flip, um, a home, it, it, so you're buying it and then you're going to renovate it and sell it. 
your end buyer, your home buyer, who's going to be buying this from you. Typically, when they go to their realtor and say, hey, I'd like to buy a townhouse. I want it in this area. The realtor is going to ask, okay, well, um, which area? What's your price range? And they're like, um, 200000 No more than 200000 So if you're pricing it in, at two hundred five, you're not even in their search. Okay. Next question is, okay, condo fees. And then the, they're probably going to ask the realtor, how much, what's, what's, what's a good price for condo fees? The realtor is going to say, well, yeah, I'd try and keep it under 350 or I'd try to keep it under 400. So let's just put it at 400 max. Um, so that way, uh, you know, uh, we, we keep it, you know, below that. So again, you're not going to come up on any searches if you're trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. So that's why, um, you know, that's why I say try and keep it under 400. I try and keep it under 350 personally. It's just, it's, I'm going to be on a lot more home buyer searches. Okay. Um, and that's that. And so we're talking about Edmonton and we're just talking about facts right now, straight facts. If you go talk to a realtor, answers, yeah. they're going to tell you that um, condo fees are typically between three to 400, anything over 400. Um, you know, you might start to worry about if they're managing their money properly and all those types of things. These are just facts. Yeah. Like we're not just picking a number that sounds attractive. The, this is what is typical for our market. Find out your own market, asking those questions um, for your flipping them and then talk to your realtor. They're going to be the expert on that. Um, If you're buying it for a rental property, yeah, the the lower the condo fees, the better. So you need to do your diligence to make sure that, you know, you're checking in on the condo to make sure they have enough money allocated towards all the, in the reserve fund, sorry, towards all of the upcoming repairs. Yeah. Um, And if they do, then you want to make sure that they have nice low condo fees as well, because it just means more cash flow for you. Um, same thing for a burr. If you're, if you're, you know, buying it, renovating it, um, refinancing it and, and renting it and keeping it same thing. You want to make sure that you got lower condo fees. Cause that just eats into your, uh, cash flow. It's like the higher condo fees isn't going to mean higher rent. The rents are exactly the same. So you want to find that, uh, that diamond, um, in the rough where you can renovate it, add value, increase the value, get your money out and then, um, have a cash flow mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. Awesome. That answers. Yep. So yeah, he was talking about um, flip burr. So yeah, you touched on all of it though. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. Josh, Josh says, thank you. It's really hard for me to say Josh says. <laughs> I stumbled saying that a couple times. By the seashore? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I can touch on a few other questions. Are we okay to go five minutes over because I started five minutes late today? Oh, give it a rest. I just wrapped it up beautifully right at seven o'clock. Lane's right. like, actually. I, I just want to get into all the other questions. <laughs> um, uh, Al, Al, hey Al. Hi Al. Uh, Al had a question a while back. He said, do you have a property in mind before you ask people for money for joint ventures? Or do you find people with money and then look for property? Didn't we answer this? Or we might have just talked about it. On- it might have been on a separate podcast, but what's the answer? Simple answer. It depends. <sighs> <laughs> If you have joint venture people interested in in the waiting in the queue, that's always ideal. Yeah, um, <laughs> know what they want first. You you typically have it locked up with conditions for two weeks. Trying to convince a joint venture partner on that specific property uh, within a two week period and getting all your ducks in a row is a real pain in the butt. Yeah. Um. So I'd, I'd there's uh, I have a I mean look at listen to my five step formula. <laughs> on raising capital to live the life of your dreams and, and uh, a podcast uh, episode and, and that'll kind of answer it. But um, yeah, it's, I, I'd, I'd rather have prospects lined up yeah. and have a good idea of what they are interested in. Yeah. Or an alternative is to go and get the properties yourself. If you can um, show the success and then ask them to come in as partners on those properties that are already Mm-hmm. Um, running and operating well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk more about that in the future. Um, uh, I know this, okay, Mustafa asked this question a while back. I know this is a dumb question, but what will be the opening conversation uh, when you approach family and close, close friends about joint ventures? Um, I don't. Aunt Ruth comes to me and says, oh my gosh, I saw you just bought three properties. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't like bringing it up. I don't because when you bring it up, it looks like you want to talk about it, right? And you look desperate. Can you say the question again? I just need to get the context. I know this is a dumb question. but It's not a dumb question, by the way. It's not. Yeah. 
what would be the opening conversation? What would the opening conversation be like when you approach family and close friends? Okay. So I guess that depends. Like, are you talking about just talking about real estate? Because that, as Wayne said, you don't, you wait for them to ask you about it. But when um, you're making your pitch, yeah, if it's when you're making your pitch, then that depends. I mean, like, I, I think back to when I can give you I, I give you an easy one. I mean, there's lots of different ways. But it, I, I talked about this in my five step formula. <laughs> is that you need to look at every individual person individually. Yeah, you need to have a file on every one of them, because everyone is going to look at this differently. Well, and that's what I was just going to say, because what are their needs in life? Mm -hmm. What do they need? How could real estate um, impact them? And what you know, like, yeah, where are they in their life? And like, do they would they want monthly cash flow? Would they want a long term investment that'll set up them up for retirement? Like, what is their situation? And approach it from that perspective. If I were selling some cheap and generic $499 money raising capital course, my answer to you would be <clears throat> something along the lines of, hey, Aunt Ruth, uh, yeah, I've got this amazing opportunity here. It cash flows $1,000 a month. Uh, it's in a really great area. It's got high, high tenant profile. I mean, these are high net worth individuals uh, who are going to love the finishings in here. Uh, it's all covered under warranty. It's amazing property. I've got a few investors lined up. I just need one or two more. Do you happen to know anyone who might be interested in investing in something like this? <laughs> you don't want to ask Aunt Ruth. You ask, do they know anyone who would be interested in investing in something like this? Mm -hmm. These are the one-liners that you're going to get in those dumb courses, which some of them work. I mean, some of them work on some people, right? And every investor I approach differently. Because I have to approach them specifically for the way that they are and what they need and the problems that they're looking. I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I recognize and I isolate problems and I solve them. Mm -hmm. Shine. That's, that's all I do. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the strategy for green for sales. That's the strategy for wholesaling. That's the strategy for joint ventures. I'm always looking at solving a problem. That's what entrepreneurs do. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs are problem solvers. Yeah. They find a problem and they capitalize on it. Yeah. They create a solution and they sell it. And and think and think um, kind of like longer term. If you're approaching, um, you know, Auntie Fran, who's in her 60s or even like later, and you're trying to talk her into doing a long term buy and hold with you, um, probably not what she needs. Yeah, she's probably at a point in her life where like either monthly cash flow or short short term money loans on like a flip or a yeah. project or something would be more beneficial to her. She's not thinking about oh, okay, risk. in 10 or 20 years, I can get my <laughs> my money back out like no, yeah. she might be gone by then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you need to look at who you're approaching and what could benefit <clears throat> them. Like I alluded to in the beginning there. Mm -hmm. I'm catching up on questions. Ooh, Brandy had a question just recently. It was yesterday. I need to learn how to leverage other investments like RSPs, et cetera, towards real estate. That's a, I, I don't know why you're bringing that up because that's a whole topic. I know. Okay. I know. It's 7.05, buddy. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, Brandy, uh, I see you're there. Uh, if you just want to go a little bit deeper into that, just in the text here, and, and I'll make a note of it for tomorrow um, to go... I just want to know, is it your investments RSPs or someone else's RSPs mm -hmm. um, or, or money locked into a self-directed account? Because it's going to have a different answer. Um, and if you can kind of just break that down for me, I'll answer that. Um, we should talk about that tomorrow. <sighs> yeah, what? it's just not it's it's one of those topics that I just need to think about a little bit. Um because the rules and stuff like that and arm's length and it's, yeah. uh, okay, sure. You're leading. <laughs> <laughs> like I can answer. It's, it's just such like, a fun thing to talk about because so many people don't know that it's a possibility yes. and it doesn't really come up until you've been investing for a while. And then you realize, Oh, Hey, there's this whole, um, new world, a dazzling place. I never knew. <laughs> Um, See, I finish your sentences properly. That's <laughs> I think how you, I just that's how yours. you finish the sentence. <laughs> Anyways, um, I ha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, tomorrow I'll talk about it. Just if you can just um, break it down a little bit further into the, the exact questions, and then I can answer it more thoroughly. 
um, rather than doing a full one hour presentation on, on how to access funds through self-directed accounts and RSPs and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, if that's the case, I'm going to call someone else who deals with it on a regular basis. I know the general stuff. You're not going to call me? I'm just joking. (laughs) All right. Um, other than that, uh, Oh, that's to wrap it up. Um, I think I got, uh, I covered most of the questions that we had in the bank there. Uh, a few other ones we've kind of taken uh, care of. Uh, Brandy uh, sent me a private message saying that her chat function isn't working. So um, she'll, I'll just just get you to send me that privately then and I'll, uh, I'll yes. address it tomorrow. Um, I have so many things that I've been up to the last couple of days. I haven't talked about our business at all. I guess we'll catch up on that tomorrow as well. Let's do it. Okay, guys, uh, we will see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 